Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Jason Coleman, and you are listening to Things That Make You Go Hmm Book Review Podcast. And welcome to another episode of Things That Make You Go hmm, Book Review Podcast. I am your one-man book club, Jason Coleman. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I'm always so flattered that people um, enjoy what I'm saying enough to take 20 or 30 minutes out of their day to listen to me talk about some nonfiction books. And again, if you are new to the channel, then uh, basically what this podcast is, is I read a lot of books that deal with self-improvement, behavior psychology, um, evolution, politics, uh, all things nonfiction mostly. Although I, I, I must confess, I don't read a lot of biographies or anything like that. Um, and I, I just mostly deal with how people think and what they do and in kind of more of a, a popular format for the masses. And I, I'm not even necessarily sure if I review the books per se. I think what I do is I try to take what the books are saying and explain my own thought process when I interpret what's being said. And then I talk a little bit about it. And hopefully if you think that it's a book that you would be interested in reading that you'd get something out of also, then you'll go out and buy the book. And if you don't, maybe you'll just enjoy my brief little synopsis of what I think the author was trying to communicate and how it may or may not be applicable to your lives, but how it was certainly uh, applicable to my own life. Okay. All right. Enough of me pontificating here. Um, the name of the book that we're going to be talking about today was uh, released in March of 2018. It's called Willpower Doesn't Work, Discover the Hidden Keys of Success. Now, before I go any further with this um, book analysis, I should probably tell you that I have reviewed a ton of books that deal with this that deal with this this exact topic about how you can be more productive with your time, what you can how you can change your schedule. And I don't know what it is. I just can't, I can't get enough of them. I don't really know how much impact these books really have on my life per se, but I'm just very interested in the whole science of productivity, how to get, how you get things done, what are your potential barriers and roadblocks. So I wasn't even sure I was going to necessarily finish this book when I first picked it up because I've just read so many of these. It's really starting to sound very similar, I suppose. Um, and also, in addition to that, keep in mind that a lot of the books that are quoted um, in these uh, in these novels, I've read a lot of those books too. So a lot of times, what I think one of the enjoyments that readers um, get out of you know reading some of these books like this is that they're like, oh well, so that's an interesting thing to to learn about. Like, oh, so. He's talking about the book by Carol Dweck. That sounded really cool. I guess I'll go read that book. But I guess myself, I've, I've read a number of these books. Usually I even, it's actually gotten to the point now where once the author goes on a certain direction with what he's going to, what he's going to make a point about, I immediately already think in my head like, oh, this sounds like the book by so-and-so. You know, lo and behold, the author starts quoting the book by so-and-so. So, um Anyway, with that being said, though, I actually did finish this book, and it was a pretty enjoyable read. 
Although I probably should tell you right off the bat that the title of the book is a bit misleading. Um, the author is trying to make the case, and I'll go into a bit more detail about it, but basically what the author is trying to communicate is that if you're just going to try to use brute force willpower to change your life in some meaningful way, been for you. There's just way too many distractions in your life. There's just too much temptation. Um, I believe one of the books I talked about, uh, the author, oh, the motivation myth, which I just reviewed a couple weeks ago. Uh, the author was saying that the the one of the problems with humans is that we we tend to ruminate on things. So it's very it's like it's like what they talk about. I think it was Darwin, not Darwin, excuse me. It was like Freud, I think, who talked about the uh, the gorilla um, in the at the back of the auditorium who you know was trying to get in and he's just banging on the door constantly and you can try to ignore him if you want but the banging just isn't going to go away and at, at some point it's probably going to become unbearable so with that being said though the reason why I think the title is a little misleading is if you want to accomplish anything in life okay you're going to need at least a small amount of willpower so to say that willpower doesn't work is is really misleading because the only reason I even read the book to begin with was because I you know I was able to muster up enough willpower to to actually open the book and start reading it so you know uh, I think a better title for the book probably would have been willpower is not enough because what the, what the author is arguing here is that your environment largely dictates your actions. So, for example, my wife and I, we went on a walk this morning and we were talking about the book and what I was going to talk about in my podcast. And we were saying that, <clears throat> for example, she said, well, what if, what if somebody wanted to lose weight? What would the author suggest? And I said, well, what the author would suggest is the very first thing you have to do is you got to take a critical look at your environment that you're living in you know where how much unhealthy food are you bringing into you know your you know your 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 kitchen um, when you go to sleep at night would it be more productive for you to sleep in your exercise clothes so that the first thing you do when you got up is you would start exercising um, you know what kind of things are you you doing on the internet I mean are you are you, do you have like a playlist of music all ready to go for your workouts? Um, you know, are you stocking your refrigerator with, you know, with healthy snacks? So basically, you know, it's just not, you, you got to make, you got to make the change convenient. It's not enough to just sort of what the author talks about using brute force tactics in order to, um, to make those, those changes in your life. And, and I think from that perspective, I certainly agree. I've, I've learned a lot about habits and you can't really the the human brain. Okay, I'm, I don't want to go too deep into the neurology because I don't I don't really understand the science of it completely. But basically, there's an area of your brain. Um, I want to say it's called the basal something or other. And what it does is it it fuses the the two the two hemispheres of your brain. Okay, and what it allows you to do is it allows you to create this sort of automaticity um, in your brain. I, I guess it's, maybe it's called the corpus callosum. I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, what it is is that the reason why humans have such an evolutionary advantage over other animals is because we can, 
automate, I guess, I don't know what the word is. We can create, um, we, we, we basically create algorithms for ourselves. We don't have to think very much about driving, for example. Like I can remember when I was younger, I used to work as a delivery person for, for FedEx. And I can remember, I've talked about this on other podcasts, where I would do my entire route that would take me a few hours and the only thing I really remembered clearly was leaving the station and arriving in the station. I don't even really remember where I went, who I talked to, vaguely. Maybe if somebody provoked my memory, I would, but but mostly I didn't. And, uh, you know, at first glance, you might say, well, doesn't this set people up for making lots of errors? And, and yeah, it probably does. As a matter of fact, in the medical field, my, my wife who works in the medical field, she was saying that they have a lot of these what are called type 2 errors, where your brain, your brain basically has uh, what Daniel Kahneman in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, he talks a lot about this, where your, your brain has two functions. It has a focusing thinking um, section, you know, called the one, and then you, you have an unconscious thought process called system two, and you can actually accomplish probably 90, 90, 95% of what you need to do in a day's time through the unconscious system. And that creates that sort of automaticity. And with that automaticity, that's what allows humans to reflect and daydream and wonder. And that's how we create these, you know, really creative um, leaps forward in society. So, looping this back around to what the author is saying is that you have to use that to your advantage. If you don't actively change your environment, if you're not actively trying to change your habits, then you're just going to keep falling into the same routines over and over again. It's it's too difficult. Your brain is not designed to stop doing habits. The only thing your brain can do is if you actually begin to change your habits. So you, you need to make the automaticity work for you. I think one of the issues that I'm having is we talk a lot about the situation of, well, if I just wasn't on social media, I think I would be a lot more productive. If I just wasn't doing this, I would be a lot more productive. And just speaking from experience, as somebody who recently stopped using, um, well, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily stopped using Facebook, but I generally only get on once or twice a week now, and, and that's just mostly to check and see if I have any messages from people. Um, and I was under the impression that if I stopped using social media, that I was going to be much more productive in my life doing other things. But that actually turned out not to be the case. Uh, all I really did is I stopped using Facebook. I just started watching more YouTube videos is, is all I did. So I, I think one of the issues is before you set out on some journey to re you know retool your life and make all these uh, productive changes, you really kind of have to ask yourself, why you want to do this in the first place. I mean, I personally tend not to have a lot of personal goals in my life. I know that sounds really weird and probably shocking. You know, you're an American. How can you possibly not want to spend every waking moment trying to become rich and famous? I mean, isn't that what, what the American dream is all about? But I, I honestly really don't do, I don't, I don't really spend a lot of time doing those things. Um, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why change for me is pretty difficult because I don't have a lot of motivation because there aren't a lot of areas in my life that I have very concrete goals. And so I, I would say before you try to embark on, on making some drastic changes with your life and trying to become more productive and get all this work done and everything else, one of the things that you know you really have to ask yourself is why do you want to do this in the first place like what what are you hoping what are you hoping is going to change from all of that
Um, one of the things the author talks about a little bit on a side note is this is something I've been thinking about for a long time is that you probably only have about two or three really good creative hours in you each day. Um, and the author talks about how, you know, the most statistic, scientifically speaking, and I know I've talked about this in other books too, the most creative time you're going to have during your day are the first couple hours after you wake up. So that's why I have made it a point to try to, I'm not always successful. Sometimes I sleep in, sometimes I just don't, I can't work up the motivation to get myself up and doing things. But when it comes to like making podcasts or, you know, playing figure, playing, playing, painting my little figurines, which is one of my, my hobbies that I have, or doing some lesson planning for my classroom. I'm a public school teacher by trade. Um, I, I, I have to do this early in the morning, like really first after I first wake up because as the day goes on, my creative energy, um, it really wanes quite a bit. And I, I know that there are people who say that they, they're just more productive and creative at night. I, I'm a little skeptical of that. I know maybe there are some people, humans are just very diverse you know, individuals, but statistically speaking, medically speaking, you know, you, you your brain, as the day goes on, the fatigue will wear on you. So you have the most energy you're going to have right after you wake up. That's why a lot of people like to start their day by working out because they do have that energy as the time goes on throughout the day. You lose that psychic uh, ability to, to will yourself into going to work out. I totally get that. I tend to work out in the morning for that reason as well. So the author is, that's another thing too, is you, you really have to ask yourself, like, what what are you doing with those first few hours? I think one of the most productive things that you can do if you really wanted to get a lot more done with your life is just try to create a routine for yourself where you're going to bed earlier and you're waking up um you're waking up much earlier and so you could use that time in order to do the things that you want to do. Um, for example, some people they give all of their creative energy to their jobs every day, which is okay if, if you're, you know, if you don't really have any personal ambitions outside of work, but if you are trying to accomplish things in your own personal lives outside of work, I would say, you know, dedicate those really high creative hours to yourself instead of, you know, dedicating them to somebody else. But again, I mean, that really just depends on what type of job you have and, you know, what you're trying to accomplish in your your personal life. Like one of the stories that the author tells I thought was really interesting was about this one woman. I, I forget. I don't know what her name is. But anyway, she works doing some sort of real estate thing where she posts up videos and she puts up online materials and she works with a business partner. And the way that she lives her life is that she spends most of her time in Las Vegas. That's where she lives and she works with, and she most she mostly has like social networks and she talks with people and goes out to eat. And, you know, she that's where she has her, her really relaxing fun time. But this is what's interesting. Apparently there's some little town in Colorado. She rents out an apartment. And apparently in this apartment, she does not have any sort of like artwork on the walls she has very limited, um, you know, uh, foods at, like in her refrigerator. She says she keeps her technology to a very, very minimum. And she actually, you know, once one or two weeks out of the month, she comes there and she'll put in like 10, 12 hour shifts and she gets, you know, huge amounts of work done during that time so that they can, um, so that she's really maximizing those hours. And then, 
she knows that working that much is not sustainable. So she needs to have that rest period where then she goes back to Las Vegas and she she decompresses and, and kind of similar to, I guess, what teachers do to a large extent is, you know, we work very hard during the school year. And then in the summers, we really have to go out of our way to to just kind of decompress and, and not really focus on those other things in order to reset our brain, reset our energy levels for when the school year starts. Uh, my wife was talking, I was talking with my wife about this this morning and we were saying that because she was saying that she feels like she spends a little too much time on Instagram and she'd like to be a little bit more productive with her time. And then I, I had to ask her, I said, well, why do you feel like spending so much time on Instagram is a bad thing? And, you know, we came to the conclusion that we weren't really sure about that because, well, it reminds me of when I was a kid. I spent a lot of time in my youth playing video games. And I can remember, and I, 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 I've had conversations with people and they said, oh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my kid this summer. They don't have any activities planned, especially with the whole pandemic and everything. And I said, I don't know. I usually just spent my summers just sitting around playing video games. And they just, in the, and you should see these, my, my colleagues, the, these moms, they just have this horrified look on their face. You know, you, you would have thought I would have, I was telling them to, you know, drop them in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and tell them to swim home or something. And they were like, oh, well, well no, I, I wouldn't allow them to just sit around and play video games. They're going to play baseball instead. And I was like, well, you know, I, as somebody who actually did play a little bit of baseball and a little bit of soccer, I, I really don't think I got my heart rate up much more from sitting on the bench in baseball or, you know, standing around picking my nose on the soccer field as I would have just sitting around and, and playing video games. And so a, a lot of it is, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, like, what it is you're trying to accomplish. Now, with that being said, though, I know there are extremes because the author spent a lot of his time um, when he was younger playing uh, World of Warcraft, and so did I. And I know that, that is a, that's not a game you play for fun. I mean, that's a game that quite will quite literally take over your life. I mean, I've heard of the game ruining marriages and you know ruining relationships with people and and he and he the author actually talks about some friends who he's had who had so much trouble breaking away from their their online addictions and their gaming addictions that it did it did ruin their relationships and so i think a book like this could be really useful for people who who really need to make some dramatic changes in their lives it, it reminds me of the television show intervention I don't know if any of you ever watched it. It was one of my favorite shows ever. And it's about people who have substance who have substance abuse problems and their family one day gets together and they collectively decide that they're going to try to they're going to try to use brute force in order to get their loved ones to go to some sort of rehabilitation treatment center. And I think that like they've done some statistics. They said about maybe 50% of the people who were on the show relapsed and about 50% of them stayed sober. Um, but what I did notice, though, from my own perspective, is the people who were the most likely to stay sober, when they finished their treatments, they didn't actually go back living where they used to live. And I think that was intentional. And one of the, the most, I think, mature things that somebody can do is to admit to themselves that they don't have enough willpower they're not designed to have enough willpower in order to just brute force stop or change their life it it, it almost never works out that way you're, it's not designed you're the, the the human biology it's not designed to work that way so 
you know, again, really, it, it's really about your environment, changing your routines, changing your habits, um, and, and really mostly just changing your environment. And so that's that's something to think about. Now, again, for myself, I mean, with the pandemic, it's been difficult because a lot of things that I really enjoy doing, like traveling, my wife enjoys running marathons, like we just can't really do right now. Um, so this has given me an opportunity, I think, to kind of explore the habits that I have and, and how and whether they were helpful for me or, or not, or whether I want to continue doing them. A good example is um, I have a, my, my grandfather who's um, you know well into his 80s. He's a huge uh, baseball and football fan. And I called him the other day because it was his birthday. And I asked him if he was still watching baseball and football. And he said, he said no. And I asked him why not. And he said, well, even though the sports have come back on, he had stopped watching it for a certain period of time. And because he had changed his habits, because he had stopped doing it, once the sports came back on again, he he really didn't have much in because his habits had changed. It It's the same with me and social media. I don't really desire to go on social media much anymore because, you know, now that I've changed my habits where I don't I don't do that on a regular basis, I've I've lost the the desire to to go back and do that. Okay, um, I think I'm going to start repeating myself if I keep going on with this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and end it right here. But again, it's a very interesting book. It'll certainly, if there are some changes, some serious changes you want to make to your life, before thinking about trying to just, you know, brute force willpower it, you you really should take a a much better, you should take a much more comprehensive look at your day-to-day activities, your environment, your, you know, what are you doing on a, a day-to-day basis that's leading you to engage in the behaviors that, that you're unhappy with. Or maybe you should ask yourself, are you really unhappy with your day-to-day routine into feeling like you should be doing more with your life? Because that's certainly an American characteristic. Please go listen to my podcast recently about do nothing and or bullshit jobs, and you'll see that that was the title of the book, and you'll see that it's very similar in, in that respect. Okay. Um, that's that. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. That's all I have now. If you've made it all the way to the end of the podcast, I just want to thank you. Um, again, if you could kindly, if you enjoy what I'm giving you, if you would go on Stitcher or iTunes or Amazon Music Podcast, wh- wherever you're you're getting this content and give a nice review, uh, it, it'll help with the algorithm. It'll help me to, you know, to send my message out further, gain more of an audience, which motivates me to, to keep doing this for you if, if you're enjoying this. Okay, that's all for now. Thank you again, and I will be back in a couple weeks with another book, and until then, happy reading. 